0: Partly cloudy and minus 26 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. Canada's COVID-19 case numbers have been trending downward, even as the country surpasses the 800,000 case mark this weekend. Chief Public Health Officer Dr. Teresa Tam says the declining numbers are cause for hope But she is urging provinces to keep up that trend by maintaining strict public health measures. Premier Doug Ford is expected to provide information about Ontario's reopening plan tomorrow. A senior government source says the province is not planning on extending a state of emergency, but a stay-at-home order will remain in place for the time being in much of the province. More news in a moment, but first 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. In the southeast, we've got a collision northbound 3rd Street at 7th Avenue in your right lane. This is just outside the Central Library, so keep left as you pass by, though I'm not seeing any delays due to this right now. And if you're doing some highway travel, snow-covered roads on Highway 93 outside of Lake Louise and beyond. Save on Foods has low prices every day in every aisle. This week, they've got frozen pork back ribs for just $1.99 a pound. For the 770 c Traffic Helicopter, I'm Ta Youson. A new COVID-19 outbreak has been declared at the Cargill meat plant in High River. Alberta Health says there are 11 cases linked to the meat processing plant. Seven are active. The plant was the site of Canada's largest outbreak last spring. About 950 cases were connected to the plant. Cargill says the employees are in isolation and they are working with health authorities. The message is quite obvious. Stay inside today as temperatures continue to plunge downward. Global weather specialist Jody Hughes spoke with Angela Cocott on the Alberta Morning News earlier, warning of the risks the frigid cold does bring. You cannot stay outside in this kind of weather with exposed skin. It will freeze in (gasps) minutes. You know, we're looking at in some places in Alberta, two minutes max before your exposed skin can freeze. The Calgary Drop-In Centre says staff is prepared extra resources and has more than 500 beds for those seeking warmth. A new program created by Wounded Warriors Canada aims to address a gap in how Canada supports the spouses of military members, police and other first responders who were killed in the line of duty or died by suicide. The organization says more needs to be done to help survivors deal with grief and loss. Starting next week, the spouses of six fallen first responders and military members will gather in the greater Toronto area to share their experiences. Taking a look at sports, it's Super Bowl Sunday and crowds are beginning to gather in Tampa, despite warnings from police that they won't get near the stadium without a ticket.
1: Buccaneers fans spent their Saturday tailgating inside an empty lot one block away from Raymond James Stadium. Josie Rodriguez sells the spaces for tailgaters every year for the Super Bowl. Some of the people that have been coming here for years, they have gotten to be very
0: close to. it. Alessi's
1: Bakery's Buccaneers treats are flying off the shelf.
0: The Brady number 12 cookie (laughs) is
1: Health officials fear a boom in parties and gatherings, not just in Florida, but nationwide, could cause a spike in COVID-19 cases. They're urging people to stay home as a precaution. Todd Ant, ABC News.
0: Kickoff between the Bucks and Chiefs goes around 4.30. Global news, SkyTracker weather, mostly cloudy today, reaching only minus 20. Chance flurries tonight, an overnight low of minus 27. Feels like minus 36 with the wind chill. And clouds turning to sunshine tomorrow and minus 22. It's minus 26 at 9.04. Breaking news. When it happens, our next scheduled update is at 9.30. I'm Courtney Davidson.
1: Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And it is cold out there. So the only gardening we're going to be doing is inside today. So, But which is great. Um, even yesterday, I was uh, really quite uh, impressed with the hardcore people getting out and uh but it's actually a good time because the the stores are typically less busy so it's it's better for the physical distancing if you can venture out and uh, we just got a huge supply of seeds and gardening supplies in and we got uh some new ones in from father gills which is um it's in combination with the royal horticultural society so we got some uh Really nice, really good quality seeds from from uh, the Royal Horticultural Society, which is um, just nice. Just a, a few different varieties. And, and then we also have our West Coast seeds fully stocked. And I've seen a lot of people trying to, and they do try to sometimes order those online. You're going to have a way better success ordering them from a garden center. So if you come into Spruce, if we don't have what you need, you can leave what you're looking for, and we can just bring it in on our order. And then you don't have to pay the freight either. You don't have to pay any postage or anything. And we can typically get it within four to five days for you. So if you're having trouble finding something, um, just come chat with us and we'll be able to help you out. You can also, we have Pacific West Seeds. And they're, again, a local Western Canadian. And that's typically what we try to bring in, um, besides the ones we got from England. Just good quality seeds. A lot of the American brands, are a lower quality seed. And they're like a, if you're buying a good Alberta beef steak, if you're going like the AAA or, or something like that, it's if you're getting the American seeds, it's sort of like buying grade A beef. You're sort of getting a grade A seed. So what that means is germination rates, um, quality, um, longevity of how long they'll last, and uh, just things like that. So you'll, you'll end up with uh, good quality plants as you're going to grow through so anyways if you'd like to join me phone lines are wide open at 403-974-8255 i have somebody on the line already. i'm going to go to jane good morning jane
2: good morning thank you
1: how are you today
2: (laughs) yeah it's a little bit cold well we live in alberta yeah thank you i i
3: really
2: enjoy your show um, Thank you. I have uh, two questions. Um, the quick great. one is, will you be bringing in any uh, sweet million tomato plants this year? Absolutely. Oh, great, because I find those are the most prolific and the best for us, for
1: me. Absolutely, and I and I agree. the the, the cherry tomatoes and that a, a few of the different varieties do really well here in Calgary, yeah. Especially or in this area, I also like I get the sugar daddy. They're they're a cherry tomato, but they're yellow, orangey. Yeah, I
2: haven't had good luck with those.
1: Really, yeah, they go like been crazy for me. I know.
2: Yeah, yeah, not- Yeah,
1: no, I I have very good luck. Like, honestly, I couldn't keep up eating them last year. I had so <laughs> many. Yeah, you
2: said so. I was hoping you could send some my way. I'd uh,
1: love is. to. <laughs> We'd love to. Yeah,
2: thank um, you. Okay, yeah, I you have... another a,
1: question?
2: Uh, thanks, Merle. Uh, okay. I have a... It's either the Mandevilla vine or the diplodinia. I think it's the vine because it's getting quite viney. I brought it in the house. But okay. I cannot keep the little white bugs off it. I've sprayed it three separate times with pure spray green and covered it with a um, like a dry cleaning bag. Anything okay, and the else little white flies...
1: It? And you're saying it's the white fly?
2: Yeah, it's a tiny, tiny little white bug. And I okay. think it... I don't know if it's a spider mite or not. Is it in the or soil not.
1: or on the leaf?
2: Leaf. On, well, on the leaf and on the vines, the, the end of the vine. And they actually fly around? No, no. They don't okay. seem to be. They
1: they are just sort of on stuck the... Stuck in one spot? Uh, pardon? They're kind of stuck in one spot?
4: Mm, they're scattered
1: okay. all over It could the- be could Be aphids, unless they're pure white, like the white fly will fly around. Hey, no, this isn't flying, and it's not. Does it look like cotton at all? No, no, okay, it's not
2: like a mealybug. They're really tiny, and okay. they don't even look like aphids because they they look like I don't know, they almost look like they could be eggs or something, but they're not.
4: Yeah,
1: any- I was gonna say because sometimes on the mandevilla, like some of those vines, when you bring them in, they'll they kind of sweat, they excrete. Like a sugar substance and a dry and hards. No, it's not so like that either. You, yeah. Are you able to text me a picture to the same phone I think number?
2: I could, yeah.
1: Yeah, if you could, that would be very helpful. I'll be able to help you out.
2: Okay. I just can't listen to your show all day today because I've got another commitment. Okay.
1: If you send it in right away, I'll have a look. Okay. It could, um, and, and a lot of times with these bugs, you need to go, so if you've sprayed them today, you should spray them again Friday and then again in five days. Sort of do a three-time cycle uh-huh. every five days.
2: On those, would I maybe use some actual, um, I don't think I've got safer soap anymore, but like... This no, is, this the uh, pure Spray Green does the, green does the, the same
1: okay. as, as any of the insecticidal soaps. The nice thing about it, you don't have to rinse it off. Mm-hmm. Well, so but this said if you can give me the picture I'll have a look and I can respond in text even if okay. you go in here I'll respond to you in text as well. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll do that. Thanks for your help. All right, thanks Jane. Have a good one. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, and and we will start seeing and one thing nice is uh, as we get the the weather going and uh, and the sun the days are getting longer. You're going to see your plants. They'll start taking off a bit. But to be honest, like I transplanted a plant almost three weeks ago, and I have not had to water it since. So just be careful when you do transplant any of your plants at this time. Just don't overwater them. Just Do make sure you water them thoroughly the first time so water gets all the way through, and it gets, comes out the bottom for the first time. And then it's uh, that way it's watered. Really, right to the bottom, because if you put it in there and you don't water all the way through, the the new soil works like a sponge. It'll actually steal um, your your uh, moisture out of the plant pot itself. So my, I would just, uh, if you could do that, that would be the best thing for it, and uh, and do that for sure. And I did have a text, and I'm seeing where to go. It was just a reminder. Um, and, and it was a good one just, it was from another arborist in town Just saying that we only have, um, a little bit of time left. So if you have any big elm trees, um, I think we have until the end of March to do your, um, pruning of any of your elm trees here in town. So, uh, I know Mark and the boys have, have been very busy on that. And if you have an arborist that you're working with, give them a shout and uh, and if you have any pruning that needs to be done on your elm tree, now is the time to do it because they can see those dead, damaged, disease branching, crisscrossing, and uh, and they can get up there and clean that up for you. So have a look, and uh, and if you need that looked after, you only have a couple more weeks or another couple months here to uh, to do it, month and a half sort of thing to get that done. Um, I think this person was suggesting that those might be spider mites on Jane's plant. And it could be could be tiny little spider mites down there too. And, uh, yeah, actually it was from the same gentleman who sent me the reminder to the end of March for elm pruning. So appreciate that. And, yeah, spider mites at this time of year, and they do like that uh, magnolia as well. So it very well could be that as well. So, And I got a couple more texts from... John, good morning, Merle. This tree is about fifteen feet tall. Oh, and it was hit by a trailer, and the back of the truck's leaning now. I'm thinking, and wait till spring, water it. Yeah, it's it's a tough. But you know what? Like I, I was, uh, I, I looked after a ranch for a long time as well, and I, I remember one of the guys with the with a Dooley truck ran over the ash tree right down by the barn office and bent it right down to the ground. I thought for sure that thing was done. We pulled it back up, sort of secured it, and uh, and it was fine. But as long as it's, if it's not broken at those spots, but it looks like it's bent pretty good at the top, you might want to just, if you could stake that and kind of pull it straight just to seal it back up. Otherwise, it, it, it could get in there, and that's going to really create a real, a real weak spot in that tree so um if you could do that i would i would recommend doing that and yeah like you were saying put a strap around it and straighten it um i would do it now though as soon as it warms up a bit i would i would do that and it would get it straightened up as soon as possible that way you're not going to uh it can heal properly and especially when when it starts warming up and all the moisture starts coming down from the roots up into the foliage of the of the spruce tree. um, You want it to be able to seal up and do all that as well. But again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And that is the talk and text. Or if you're calling from out of town, 1-800-563-7770. And we little change of topic. I don't know if anybody watched the hockey game last night. Go Flames Go. That was fun. Uh, First battle of Alberta. I guess... One benefit of COVID, I guess we get 10, 10 games with uh, the two teams going at it. So I'm sure it'll go back and forth a little bit. And I have a couple of buddies on both sides. So I'm sure we'll be able to raz each other a little bit uh, going through that. So anyways, but... Can't wait to get back into the into the saddle dome and uh, get back to a game. Looking forward to that kind of thing. But right now, I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, we're going to see what's hot down in the greenhouse. Um, I know we had lots of people down picking out uh, some new tropical plants yesterday. We're going to talk to Jen. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calories Full Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we're going to go see Jen, what's going down in her little tropical paradise, and she'll have us covered in the old tropical plant area. Good morning, Jen.
5: Good morning, Merle. Won't that be fun, one of these days in the future? You, can, you guys can actually come here and see us. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> we could do it right from here. That would be fun.
6: Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: and uh, and now I'm set up where I'm actually doing the show from home. So I uh, will be able to, We all I need to is bring my laptop down there. and oh. we can, I can sit right in the greenhouse as long as I get a little bit of a high-speed internet. I'll we'll talk to our IT guys. We run off the satellite there, so sometimes it's a little bit uh, tougher <laughs> if it doesn't. Uh, or some people might be grateful if I get cut out once in a while. So, but anyways, <laughs> uh uh so um lots of people in getting all kinds of seeds and grower supplies we'll maybe touch on that first um so what what is there any popular seeds that people are going for this year is that flowers or or veggies what do you what are you finding down there
5: i think i still am seeing veggies uh mostly going out of here um what surprises me though is the amount of people that are wanting to do flowers even perennial flowers right from seed and uh (laughs) You know, I don't, I don't know if that's a fear from last year and kind of how things went for, for the industry, but, uh, or people are just home and they want to challenge as well. And, and uh, they want to, they're just, they're planting everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: when, when people do it, I just, again, on the vegetable thing is I really recommend don't start too early. I know people that they are bored, but it depends what you're growing. If you want to grow a couple of tomato plants, some herbs, things like that in your house, by all means, but. It's way too early to start a bunch of your veggie stuff. Like it'll be so stretched and and uh, and gone by the time. But it's still come in, get your seeds, get all the stuff ahead of the ahead of the big big rush. But it's way too early to start most of your seeds unless you're going to grow them inside or if you Mm -hmm. have a greenhouse or. um, But peppers, a lot of those things are fine. Or it just, it can get away on you. Yeah,
6: for sure. And
1: then you'll be frustrated and say, I hate gardening, and then that's not what we want you to do. We want you to, we want to create success, right?
5: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, though, Merle? It's funny because some of these people are, they do have their little greenhouses or even absolutely. bigger greenhouses, right? The tents and whatnot in their homes. It's,
1: it's Yeah, uh, actually, I got a call from one of our clients. Um, we're doing a, a, a really nice uh, big landscape project for them. And uh, he asked me, I so said, he goes, Okay, we want to add the greenhouse in there. Can you start sending me plans and start really? designing? So, yeah, we have built a few greenhouses for people in in a lot of our landscape designs, and so it's always fun when we get to do that. But I, I always recommend to people this: just take it easy on the seeding, especially on the gardening. Once we get out into the garden as well, because mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of work, right? And you, yeah. and like I said, you you want to have that success, you want to like it. And then if you start with five pots this year of, of veggies or five raised beds, then go to ten and sort of work your way up. Don't don't start with fifty because you'll you'll
5: hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I think it can be overwhelming because there's so many things, there's so many elements to gardening here that that we have to watch for, right? From from bugs on over to hail and uh and yeah, it's a lot for somebody to take well,
1: on. it is weeding and then, mm-hmm. everything. I know like when we were growing and we only had so much room, um we would start seeding typically January 2nd. And we'd start our pansies January second, and the only reason we did that is just because we just didn't have enough room, so we'd have to start nice and early to get them to get through. Because then we'd go into snapdragons and petunias and all that stuff. Yeah. But April first, all the pansies went outside and they'd get frozen solid. And then by by the into May, they would be just beautiful though. They'd harden off. They'd just be these crisp leaves. <laughs> they'd be like iceberg lettuce though, yeah. And just phenomenal like i you just don't see those kind of plants where you could just they're hard like that like it's just even <laughs> our geraniums true. were were crisp and they had these dark rings around them mm. like i will say i i grew the best geraniums in 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 western canada at one time i oh, wish i could wow. have the space to do that so anyways yeah. but it's just it's that climatizing so if you are doing it at home is again once you get closer to the end of may june is is start cooling them off like this turn the heat off get them get them hard get it and when you get to that crispy state on your geranium leaves and and stuff that's when you know you're you're there for a good tough alberta geraniums.
5: <laughs> that's a that's a great tip i like that even for inside right that's the other oh, thing that people don't realize oh, too yeah
1: oh absolutely and especially our, our air is so cold um especially in may like it, it might feel pretty warm but if you put those tender plants out there, and if we get a little bit of our wind going, like the air's like ice, we've all heard that saying,
6: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and that that wind will go through. Well, you've seen we've had a couple of tropical orders come from Florida, and this is even in the summertime. And if it's one of those cool days, they get a little bit of windburn or frostburn yeah. because it's just and it's still plus ten out. But yeah. it's cold enough just to, like, they're like, they just came from Florida. Like, yeah, they're do? like,
5: what on earth? <laughs> <laughs>
1: where, where did I go? Did I get sent to the gulags in Siberia or what? <laughs> no. So anyways. Yeah. Don't, no, just Calgary. You're lucky.
3: <laughs> no,
5: it's true. It's true. There's a lot of great so, stuff that we have here. Yeah. No, but those are
1: those are the things, and that's what I hope to share with people on this show. And when they come to a garden center, you're going to learn those local tips, that you're not necessarily going to see, and and that's the hard thing with a lot of the literature that's out there for us to read, as mm-hmm. is, is is it's based out of Vancouver or England or the the United States where they just don't deal with the kind of things that we deal with. Yeah, and and joining the Calgary Hort Society is another great opportunity to to deal with and learn from lots of local gardeners and and that's uh and that's the fun part, right? You want to see we have some phenomenal areas where people garden here, so. Mhm. It's, it's a true story. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get into the into the greenhouse. What's anything new and exciting going on down there? Or what?
5: Uh, I think those cactus. Those are the the, those are oh, the big yeah. ones. Yeah. Zoe Zoe got us in a whole bunch of cactus. They're gorgeous and uh, they're in great shape. Um, they're so pretty. Some of them are blooming because cactus. That's not what they're. They're known for a bloom, but they don't bloom all the time. That's a special event. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's some beautiful cactus and succulents. One of the cool things that Zoe brought in, too, just before I forget it, and and Jess planted one of these, but Zoe brought in this one-gallon mixture of succulents so that you – if you were to do something like a living wall or living that frame that we have in as well with the moss, you can plant – you know, just buy one of those, and you have a bunch of different plants that you can put in there. Um, Jess actually built one for us, and that's sitting sort of um, in the the little – alleyway into into the chop house there's one up there with a, a frame full of all these different succulents it's so pretty um so i think that's a cool idea too that we. That we those have are
1: in. yeah and that that moss frame yeah that's it's cool because it makes it it does a lot of the hard work or the non-fun work for you yeah. <laughs> where you get to do the fun stuff right like yeah you get to put the icing on the cake you get to come in poke the holes put the plants in but you right? don't have to deal with all the all the other stuff, right? Like yeah. mixing the flour, blah, blah, blah.
5: You um, <laughs> look like the artist,
1: yeah. Yeah, give me the good stuff. Yeah, yeah
5: no, it's true. So, so that's beautiful. Those those we have Hey, Jen,
1: in. I'm going to, actually, I just looked at my clock and then okay, put go. you on hold for a sec. Yeah, I got to take a quick commercial and when we come back, we'll finish up what's going on down there.
6: Fantastic. All right, you're
1: listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
0: Partly cloudy and minus 26 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Courtney Davidson. Ontario is reporting 1,489 new COVID-19 infections today, along with 22 new deaths linked to the virus. Hospitalizations in the province fell below 1,000 with 926 people receiving treatment for COVID-19. The latest figures comes a day before schools are set to reopen across much of the province, and the government prepares to formally unveil plans for gradually easing restrictions on businesses. A second COVID-19 outbreak has been reported at an Alberta meat processing plant. The outbreak at the Cargill plant in High River was declared on December 16th, Alberta Health says there are 11 cases linked to the plant. Seven are active. Global news, SkyTracker weather, mostly cloudy today, climbing toward minus 20. Chance of flurries this evening as the temperature gets down to minus 27, but it'll feel more like minus 26 with that wind chill. And clouds turning to sun tomorrow afternoon, a high of minus 21. It's minus 26. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 10. I'm Courtney Davidson.
1: Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we're going to go back to the phone line and chat with Jen. Hey, Jen. Hello. Hello there. Yes, we and we were talking the cactus Mm -hmm. and um, the blue ones. Do you know the name of those ones?
5: The blue candles, I think. Blue candles.
1: Okay, yeah, those yeah. they did stand out. They look like a deep blue spruce tree, like that really, really nice blue blue. So,
5: yeah, I've never gorgeous. seen anything like that. Yeah, it's it, it is it's stunning. Yeah,
1: cool. Yeah, and so and what else have uh,
5: Well, we have uh, lots of burrows tails, and which people have been looking for um, as well. That succulent that kind of it can trail down. Um, we have them in smaller pots as well, in, as in the hanging baskets. So those came in, which is nice to see um and then we i don't know am i allowed to say the string of hearts (laughs) yes okay so we have string of hearts yay so those are in as well and looking really nice and full on the top um which is really great to see when we get those but it's
1: amazing like all these rarer plants um and like the string of hearts but they do come in and you can tell that they've been cut back Mm -hmm. a bit where the growers are taking cuttings to try and keep the the propagation cycle going like crazy because, and same with the hoya's. Like we got hoya's are so rare now. Like we got we got a tray of hoya's and I think there's still a couple left, but yeah. they've been cut right back. The growers are, are taking them back and taking the cuttings and 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 propagating them as much as they can before they sell the the little mother plants. But I'm just amazed at how some of these plants, like these ones that, um. Or used to be just the mainstay Hoya plant you'd see at everybody's mom's house would have (laughs) one, or, you know, like, and now they're rare. Like yeah,
5: it's, no, it, it's cool. You're right. It's, it doesn't take long for sure for those guys to to find homes from from here. It's it's incredible. It's neat watching it, and it's neat watching people get so excited about it, and they they're looking for a certain one, and you know. So that's it's great to be able to provide that way as well. It's nice to watch. Yeah, you excitement. got a few of
1: the Hindu rope in. Not many. Yes. I
5: think there was three or four. Yeah, but, we had uh, a batch before. Yeah, and then this one we got a kind of an assortment tray. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was really nice. And you know what's cool that we have in too is we have the the little, we have those split rocks or the lithops, like the living stones. Um, So we have lots of those in as well. And those are really cool too because it's really nice to be able to watch them grow. They're slow growing, um, but you can really see it when they're coming up. And it's, uh, yeah, those are really cool little gift things. I I have one at home under a grow light and it's incredible. I'm stunned because they kind of just multiply as well as they grow up a little bit.
1: And I, and I really like what you guys have done in the green house. You've set out a whole terrarium display, but not only a terrarium, if it's done, you you have all the material yep. um, for people to build their own, which yep. is, and it's nice. You put it on one spot, kind of explains it a little easier and you got some directions on there.
5: Absolutely. And so, yeah. And, and you know what, Merle, now that you mention it, sorry, the glassware um, for those things, we have glassware on sale right now for 25% off um, to oh, help nice. with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's
1: uh, that's good, and also you're running a Valentine's Day contest.
5: Darn it! So, I knew it. Yeah, and it's so it's I've, I forgot to write that one down myself. So thank you for bringing that up, Merle. Saving my no. Again. When you
1: mentioned the string of hearts, I so but you have to come in in the store and then just enter into a box. And what we're doing is we're giving away a string of hearts
5: planted within the pot too. The really pretty yeah, nice. pot as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we yeah. had some discussion on the pot. I wanted to put it into <laughs> a bright red pot. Okay. I got voted out by did, Jen. Hey? And Jen and Zoe voted me. They outvoted me. So yeah, what are do you doing? Seeing it with a a dusty rose pot.
6: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and the only reason,
1: it, no, it's gorgeous. But yep. I, I I just I'd laugh because dusty rose was the in color when my wife um, Carol and I we bought our first house. And oh. I just have we had way oh. too much dusty rose. That when I see that color, I kind of have flashbacks <laughs> back to a nasty time. I'll have it, to the times early. were good, but just too much pink. Like we had yeah. a pink tree with pink birds. We had dusty rose curtains. We had dusty rose carpet. <laughs> like it felt like I was in uh, living in a pink flamingo. Or
5: no wonder you didn't want that.
1: <laughs> so whenever oh. I see that color, I can't uh, you know, so...
0: <laughs>
1: uh anyways, too much. Too much fun. Yeah. Anyway, so lots of lots of great plants. Still, um it's good to get out and get a walk around, but. Uh, um, is there, do you have any of the, any of the monsteras left?
5: We do. We definitely do. Okay. We have them in a few different sizes. Um, but those guys, yeah, they're, they're a happy, I find those plants so easy. So it's nice when people get excited about them and they have, they want the big leaves and, and, uh, I, I think those are great, easy plants to grow. So, yeah.
1: I agree. They just, they just, they just grow and they, yeah. you don't really have to do anything. Kind of almost, you let them dry out really good and they just perform for you. Absolutely. And yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again, Jen. And you got it. uh and uh, if you're if you venture out today, go down and see Jen down in the in the greenhouse there. She'll steer in the right direction.
6: You right. Thanks,
1: Jen. Thanks for
5: Okay. Bye.
1: Bye-bye. All right. All kinds of things going on. But actually I'm gonna take a quick break. But if you want to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. Or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I did get a, a text from the earlier caller regarding those bugs, and she did text me a picture, and they were definitely aphids. And when the little white thing that was left over, it's kind of as they die, they kind of leave their skin shriveled up, and it looks like little white flies hanging out there. But you can see the aphids were there. So I what I did suggest is that she takes it underneath the tap. And if you have a little spray nozzle or or something, just, just hosing the leaves off as well and then using the pure spray green. But it's really important to do it that every five days because they sort of they leave that that sort of as they die but they're born pregnant, so they they just reproduce, reproduce, but you gotta break that cycle. So if you do it that every five days, you can get in there and break the cycle and uh and get it looked after. Right now, I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I think I got Earl on the line. Good morning, Earl. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good. How
7: can I help you? Hey, just a couple quick questions. I've got some garden plot boxes, like just boxes, but I don't think they're deep enough. How deep should they
1: be? I I like to have them uh, like at least 18 inches. Uh, They can be a little bit less, but uh, I I like at least 18 uh, inches, especially if they're in the wide open. And how wide are they, though, Earl? Uh, three feet. Okay. Well, that's good. Then you can go a little less deep if they're that wide. It just, okay. you just know what I mean. Like in Alberta, if they're narrower and only six inches deep or eight inches, they, the yes. plants use up that soil so quick. And then once you get into the end of July into August, they've used up all the soil and they they're drying out every three times a day. Right. So, okay. Yeah.
7: Moreau, should you line them with something?
1: I just, I would use, if it's cedar, it's fine. Um, Are they right on the ground or are they raised?
7: They're right on the ground.
1: Yeah, you can use landscape fabric is great. I wouldn't use plastic or anything like that. I would just use landscape fabric. Now, can you go up do the bottom and up the sides, right? Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Up the sides, okay. And also, you have a garden soil mix, right? Yes, we do. Bags. Okay. Yeah, we have a we have in our bulk bins, we have the garden, just like a good garden soil. And then okay. as you amend, we also have this green it up soil enhancement. And it's and I'm working with a group there, they pull it off the racetrack and then okay. they let it compost. And it okay. the horse manure is actually really good. Okay. And, but it, you have to be careful with manures, and that's this is a blend. And it's been aged properly, so that's the okay. only time like it. So, and then you add that to your soil to amend it, and it just adds great uh, nutrients okay. as a soil amendment. So, so as I redo these, I could mix the new stuff in with my old soil. Absolutely, yeah, okay. that's what you need to do. Because a lot of times you don't need to ever really throw away soil. It's just amending it, adding more nutrients back into it. Especially okay. if you're using real loam. Um, yeah, you just you want to get some more organics into it because there's really nothing in our loam because it's just that straight clay and a little okay. bit of black topsoil, right? So okay, yeah. But and then yeah, yeah, add in the nutrients, you'll be you'll be set. Would you you recommend like water soluble fer- fertilizer? Um, it, also just mixing in, uh, like even like our lawn fertilizer is great. I've used that in gardens where I just mix it in there. It's a slow release. And depends okay. what I'm growing. Like, if I'm growing root vegetables, like the 1632 6 is great. You just okay. mix that right into your soil and okay. it'll just constantly feed it. And and if you want to add some, a little extra once in a while, just to give it a boost to get some growth at certain times of the year, you can add okay. the water soluble as well. Um, okay. With the water soluble, you're in a little bit more control, right? Like, it's, right. you know, that every two weeks or once a week, I'm giving it 20, 20, 20 or or for some of my other crops. And if you have heavy feeders like tomatoes and things like that, definitely the water-soluble helps out for sure. Okay. Okay, thank you very much, buddy. Appreciate your show. Listen to you every weekend. Yeah, thank you so much. Take care. Stay warm, buddy. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Where are we at for time? Got a little bit of time left. I'm just going to take a couple of texts. I got quite a few. Hello, I last fall, we noticed we had an area of lawn that grass had white, grayish tinge. What should we do early to address this as it did spread? I've seen a lot of that, and I, I, I never did hear exactly what it was, and I didn't see it really killing anything, but it almost looked like you had, it was hard water, and it was almost like residual, because I noticed I had a bit on my grass, and when you mow, it was gone, and you're growing. I I think it'll just grow out of it. I'm hoping we won't see it this year, but it didn't look like a fungus or anything to me. Um, It could have been a little bit of snow mold because later in the winter, we did have a lot of snow, so it could be snow mold on there. So the thing is, is just don't keep, don't let your grass get too long and don't water a ton at nighttime. So we're not uh, building up that mold on the, on the grass. So, Water first thing early in the morning, like 5 or 6. Don't water at midnight or something on your grass and let the let the water sit on it all night. Um, that will also cause that. Um, again, using our Green It Up lawn fertilizer, you're going to get really good deep root systems and, and and water like half as much. And I know we have a lot of people that are using it. And for those of you that... Um, are looking for a little bit more full service, we are starting up a greened up lawn fertilize. So we'll be coming out to your house. We'll do a, a analysis of your lawn. We'll fertilize it and also doing the trees at the same time. So um, just keep keep listening for that when we launch that. Um, we'll definitely do a, a Let's Talk Gardening promotion of some sort and uh, make sure our listeners uh, can take advantage of that in our, in our new service. That we're we just had such a good demand and we understand we are far away from some people, but we we want to make sure we can help out and uh, and get a few more people employed and and we'll green it up out there for everybody and it's just such a good fertilizer, so love it. Let's go to the text line. Oh, here we go. This is cool. I got uh, what should I do with this long stem? This this texture has a jade plant that is blooming. Good morning. I have a jade that's 30 years old. Two months ago it bloomed for the first time. I have three questions. What to do now? I would like to remove some of the old blooms, however, and they have long stems. One day. Yes, you can just cut them off. Just, just enjoy what you like, but they, they only last for so long. And do I need to do anything special now to the jade that's bloomed? I've never fertilized it. And that's probably why it bloomed. It, it, it's probably running out of food and they will bloom a bit if they feel like they've been ignored a bit. And sometimes they get stressed out. But just cut that off. Like all the plants will bloom. And you can just cut that off. Go down a couple inches and uh, and cut the stem off. And it'll branch out. And at the same time, if it's a great time if you have a big old jade at your house and you want to cut it back at this time. Because sometimes they get long and lady leggy. You can take... T- 15 20 30 percent back you can take a third of each branch back and and you can take cuttings off those if you want and they propagate really really easy you just put them right into soil and they'll they'll root right up for you and and then it'll help thicken up your plant for you so give that a try and you should be good to go but right now i'm going to take a break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr welcome back to let's talk gardening and uh it's super bowl sunday as you all know and uh it's funny i I follow um and i had her on my show years a few years ago um her tagline is and she wrote a book called kiss my aster and uh but she's posting all these pictures of all these toilet bowl planters and she's calling it her Super Bowl collection. It it's kind of funny. Like she has this one, she's painted them all terracotta and she has all succulents in it. So if you're looking to do a Super Bowl out in your yard, you can uh if you're doing a renovation, turn your old toilet into a into a planter. And for all intents of purposes, it actually looks actually not bad. This one has uh, all mounted up all together. And I got quite a few texts. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are both the talk and text line. So I got one from Lee. It says, hi, Merle, just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy your show. And here's my Charlie Brown cactus. And what should I do with it? It's kind of an interesting cactus. It, It's... In a pot, but it's look the one end of it is this stretched up like five feet high. What you can do, Lee, like you can cut that down to eight, ten inches above that pot. I would transplant it actually right into the pot. Um, so get yourself some soil and put that because it looks like you have it a four or six inch pot sitting inside that pot. I would take it out of that pot, put it right inside to and plant it right in there. And then you can cut it back, and it's actually really easy. You could probably um, you could propagate three or four sections of that if you wanted to um, fairly easy. So what you do, if you did cut it off, and it looks like it's probably like one, two, three feet, if you went every eight inches, you could cut it into sections. But just let them dry and callous for about three days. And then you can just put them in some rooting hormone or something and then just stick them right into soil, into each individual pot. And it'll take about four to six weeks, but they should start rooting up fairly easy from that point. So uh, give that a try, cut that back, and it'll help branch out. It'll send out a whole bunch of different branches. And i seen a gorgeous picture of a euphobia cactus, and I probably didn't say that right. But I'm going to chat with Jen and uh, Zoe about getting some of those in. just love them like just uh cactuses are sort of coming back again so they're looking looking good and good morning from cold banff oh i bet you it's cold out there can you tell me about growing lemongrass is it possible that we have really bad mosquitoes um that's a great question and uh, actually i was just chatting with zoe and jen about that we're, we're going to do a bunch of mosquito planters, and we're going to try and start them ahead of time so they're big enough to, to actually make a difference in your yard. So we're going to have them planted into some nice pots. They make a great feature plant. Like if, if you have them planted into a, like a big ceramic pot, like three or four of them in a row, um, they'll do awesome. So as now as you have a nice sunny hot spot. Um, so we're going to try and have a good selection of the lemongrass available ahead of time. And and we'll have some plant into some big pots. So yeah, so I love that question, and because uh, I think the way things are looking, obviously we're going to be in this COVID for a bit. So the gardening, creating those outdoor spaces, uh, are going to continue on this year. So um, just trying to get yourself set up for some activities. Um, I, and I know we got a bunch of outdoor games. We just got those in at the store. Just for the backyard games, we tried to find some fun things that you can add to your garden actually after you've planted and done all your gardening to sit around maybe have a little bit of fun. And I got another text here. I have a bunch of little black flies coming from my jade plant. So those are fungus gnats. So what you need to do is slow down the watering, Let the, let it dry right out, and then just aerate the top of the soil. And we also have these mosquito dunks. And we sell them individually. It's a little mini puck. And we have all the directions on it, what to do. You kind of make it like a tea. You dissolve it in water, and then you water it in the top, and it'll kill the fungus gnats. So we have that with all the directions. And we've uh, we've packaged them individually for you, so you don't need to buy a pack of 20 or anything like that. Um, so, that would be my best suggestion for for looking after those little nasty fungus nuts. But right now, I'm going to take a break for the news you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
0: It's partly cloudy and minus 26 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. The site of Canada's largest COVID-19 outbreak is once again reporting another outbreak. Last spring, about 950 cases were connected to the Cargill meat plant in High River. Now, Alberta Health says there are 11 cases linked to the meat processing plant. Seven are active. Cargill says the employees are in isolation and they are working with health authorities. Alberta Health says it is taking action to support the health of everyone involved to prevent future spread. The Alberta Serious Incident Response Team is investigating a man's death while he was in an Edmonton police holding cell. Police say they were called to report of a man with a gun at a home on Friday evening and they say they located a male walking in the area when they arrived. They say the 36-year-old wasn't dressed for the cold and was detained for suspected public intoxication. Police say they found a gun in his possession. They say he was checked in the cell several times during the night without incident, but was unresponsive when they brought him a meal early yesterday morning. The message is quite obvious. Stay inside today as temperatures continue to plunge downward. Speaking on the Alberta Morning News, global weather specialist Jody Hughes says the forecast ahead looks bleak. You know, our warmest daytime high this week uh, in the next seven
7: days in Calgary is about minus 14 next Saturday, but we'll
0: see minus 22 to minus 25 for today right through until Wednesday. The cold snap forced Windsport to close their ski and snowboard hill for today and Monday with plans to reopen February 12th. A new program is being launched to help the spouses of military members, police and other first responders who were either killed in the line of duty or died by suicide to help deal with the grief and loss. Lori Paris reports.
6: The program created by Wounded Warriors Canada aims to address what the organization says is a gap in how Canada supports the survivors of these tragedies. Starting February 13th, the spouses of six fallen first responders and military members will gather to share their experiences under the guidance of specially trained therapists. The program is similar to what has been used to help veterans deal with psychological trauma. While the session starting in Toronto next weekend is the first for Wounded Warriors, there are plans to hold others in BC, Atlantic Canada and other parts of the country. Laurie Paris, the Canadian Press.
0: Taking a look at sports, it's Super Bowl Sunday in Tampa. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are set to square off with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs for the NFL title. The Chiefs are looking to win the championship for a second year in a row. Brady is looking for his seventh Super Bowl ring after winning six with the New England Patriots. Plenty of afternoon hockey on tap. Five matinees are on the schedule, so fans can get their hockey fix in before the Super Bowl. It's an All-American afternoon. The Philadelphia Flyers open the schedule with a game in Washington against the Capitals. Philly is second in the East Division, while Washington is third. Global news, SkyTracker weather, mostly cloudy today, climbing toward minus 20. There is a chance of flurries tonight with the temperature dropping to minus 27, but it feels like minus 36 with that wind chill coming with a risk of frostbite. Clouds turning to sunshine on Monday, minus 22. And Tuesday, a mix of sun and clouds with a high of minus 21. It's minus 26 at 10.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 10.30. I'm Courtney Davidson.
1: Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening Emerald Coombs. And it is February the 7th, minus 20 something. <laughs> Once it gets past minus 20, you just know it's cold. Um, so try and get get out if you can, but this makes sure you dress in some layers covered all that skin. Beautiful blue sky though. It's nice and sunny out, so um, It always seems to warm it up nicely, even though it's cold like that. It definitely uh, warms it up nicely for you out there when you're out there. And I got someone who is this texting. Is this the right number? Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Oh, hi, Merle. Did you get my picture from last Sunday? Oh, that was a different one. Laura, is this the right number? Sorry. I shouldn't be reading those texts like that without checking out first. Hi, Merle. Richard from Lethbridge, with the wood stove working overtime now. Any advice on using wood ash in the garden? Been burning birchwood. Love the show. I've heard some good things, and actually, some people use ash for rooting hormone. And when I was talking about that cactus, I was watching this one, a video, and this gentleman used ash as his rooting hormone. He dipped it in the ash, and and used that. I. I I think the ash is fine if you mix it right into your soil, but again, just watch that you don't do too much of a good thing, because um, I think you can cause more harm than good. So if you if you just sprinkle it out and thin layers and mix it into your soil, um, I think it should be fine. I know we like adding charcoal and different things into our plants, so uh, but just just be careful you don't just clump it in where you're growing just in a big pile of, uh, of ashes. So, but should be fine. Should be fine. And also here's another one. Richard from Rathbridge again, the struggling on the colder, but a recent purchase helped me on the greenhouse, Bought a propane heater that vents outside. So I just, so I don't have a moisture problem. And even with these freezing temperatures, I can keep an eight by 12 double walled greenhouse, five degrees Celsius, romaine lettuce, carrots loosely all doing great they love that cool temperature and when the sun warms up it 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 just it'll heat that up nicely so those are ideal um temperatures for growing um lettuce um, radishes loosely all those things like that um that's perfect so Um, Good job on that. And then with the the leftover ash, you're going to spread that into the garden. Just be careful that you don't go too much on that. So I'm going to go to a couple more texts here. Good morning, Merle. Can I use the soil amendment to top dress my grass in the spring? Thanks, Marty. Yes, you can. It it works really well um, as a soil amendment. And that's something I recommend a lot of people use or do here in Calgary is if you're going to aerate, Early spring, uh, do mow your grass down, get it down, not so you're scalping it, but do a really low mowing job, um, and then at that point, fertilize with the green up lawn fertilizer. Put it down fairly heavy on the on that application, and then do your top dressing over that. Put about an inch or so of of soil, soil amendment, or loam over top of your existing grass, and you'll just be amazed at how fast. That lawn will just eat up that lawn, that uh, that soil or soil amendment, whatever you have on top. and It'll just grow up. And if you do that a few years in a row, you'll start softening up your grass. And you can do it a couple times throughout the year if you have really heavy, dense soil where you feel that you're you're walking on concrete. So if you if you're adding the the amendment more. So of a good mix instead of this straight loam, it'll help soften it up, just adding a little bit of that organic material into your grass. But it always amazes me how fast the grass just eats it up. All of a sudden, you'll see it one day, and it just, like, overnight it just seems like all of a sudden the grass just took it down and and ate it all up. So give that a try. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. 1-800-563-7770. Um, on the phone lines today, so easy to get in if you like. But I do have quite a few texts, so I'll keep on going on. I'll keep on keeping on the text line for a bit. But if you'd like to call, that would be great as well. When should I be starting my canna lilies bulbs in pots? Or do you just put them directly outdoors? No, canna lilies, and I actually had the earlier texter, her... Um, gladiolas were already growing she had them in the garage and that was kept at about 10 degrees Celsius and they were already growing um, I would I would do my canna lilies sort of more once you get into mid-March something like that again just keep the bulbs if you if you get them early um, keep them in a cool dark place and, and then sort of plant them that mid-March is going to be early that way they get nice and big for you and uh, if you have room to grow a couple, if you have the really big varieties, you can start them now. Um, if you have enough room to do that, Cause, but they will grow fairly big. And if you get the if they have if you have the real big giant varieties, because it just it gives you that head start. So if you're using them in your centerpiece of your pots, they're going to be nice and big, full of foliage. I love using the candle I use them in my pots at my house. Uh, about half of them have them in it. I, I just like it because it gives you the big foliage, really bright colors, and they tend they bloom all summer long and i I really like using them as a centerpiece and Last year, my mix was petunias, cantalilies in the center, eucalyptus, and then I had super tunas coming out the sides on the bottom. Um, i I really liked that mix. It worked out well. It was very durable, um, grew well, lots of color, and uh, and just gives you that foliage, which is which is kind of nice. The only disadvantage with canna lilies is that they don't take frost very well. So when you get into the later, into September there, if we get those cool nights, it, it, they don't take the frost very well. So um, hopefully that answers that. Same with your dahlias. If you have those sitting and you want to start them, sort of mid-March is a good time. And again, unless you have lots of room, and with those, I typically cut them back when they get about 18 inches high with your lilies So you can do that. And holy cow. Hey, Merle. Oh, that was this one. I see. I'm going to go to another text. Spruce it up. I think my Thanksgiving cactus has a COVID variant. Bloomed in November and is now blooming again. Never before. Mine is doing the exact same thing. Um so what I think it was is that it was the Thanksgiving Easter variety. So but it's a little bit e- blue, a little bit early for Easter, but mine is in full bloom right now and I have three three plants in the same pot. So all three are blooming and they're just it it is actually full of blooms right now and it bloomed in November as well. So you and I must have the the same the same <laughs> varieties of uh of thanksgiving easter christmas cactus and they're so similar that it's just that the when you look at the leaves some are pointed and that true christmas one is the one that's a little bit more rounded if they're looking for the true true christmas cactus and the other ones have a little bit of a point to them the easter and the thanksgiving so yes mine are mine are doing that well so hopefully uh, we won't get any more variants coming on. But my opinion on that is as the as the virus spreads, the variants get weaker, and that's better for us. So it, it'll end it quicker, in my, in my humble opinion. Hi, I have a seven-foot Norfolk Island pine. Wow. In an 18-inch pot. Yeah, the pot is only half full of soil. Do I need to add more soil to it, or will it manage to be okay with a small amount? I, I honestly, I would, I would put that into a bigger pot. It's, it's probably very top heavy. This is a gorgeous Norfolk, but I would probably put it into a wider pot. I'd probably try and get like a twenty inch um, pot and uh, and put that into there. It just again, they become really top heavy. And and in in the size of pot you have, it it definitely could use a transplanting. But then it'll be good for like another ten years after that. So I I would put it into something nice. But looks gorgeous. Whatever it's doing, if you if you just want to keep it in that, you could add a bit more soil. But it's like a lot of the other spruce. It doesn't like um to be buried too deep, like the like the roots itself. So. Just When you do transplant it, watch, you, you fill the bottom up first and kind of let the root balls stick up. Um, or if you want to keep it in that same pot, you, if you can, just pull the whole thing out, put some fresh soil in the bottom and uh, and do that if you have a couple inches. But I would recommend transplanting it as you're going to run into a top-heavy situation if it gets any bigger. But I bet you that thing's got to be seven feet wide. It looks... Uh, absolutely gorgeous. And I hope you just you could just use that as your Christmas tree because it, it looks phenomenal. And if you are looking for a Norfolk Island pine, they, they're half price right now down at Spruce. So just seeing that one, if you can get it to look like that, man, that looks gorgeous. Gorgeous. And let's go here. I got another text here. Hi, Merle. We just bought lemongrass seeds at Spruce It Up. Can you talk about growing and caring for it? Last year it didn't grow, but we had lemongrass and some pots of cisternol just as a fluke. So when you're germinating, a lot of these grass seeds and a lot of these type of seeds, they do take a little bit longer to to germinate. So when you do it, um, you have to be a little bit more patient. They do like, we have these um, seed kits where they have the the mat underneath, they have the tray, and then the then the glass cover. And for something like this, I would recommend that because it does make a difference. Your heat in the bottom, it uh, gets, gets the soil nice and warm. It's going to increase your germination rates by a lot. And and this helps push it along a little bit faster. And when you have the glass cover, it keeps the moisture in. So I would start with that. But you're going to be um, three to four weeks probably um, between seeding and germination. So so just take your time and be patient with that. Um, but I would recommend trying to get some, and if you already have the trays and stuff, we do have the mat separately. Or if you just want to get the kit, you can do that as well. And, and just keep it in a fairly bright spot and you should be go. Ah, here we go. I got a text from Saskatchewan. I live in Cadbury, Saskatchewan, and the deer have moved in and cleared the cedars bear. Yeah, they love eating the bottom half of your cedar. They turn them into topiers. I, we, we have that down here in Riverstone as well. I've covered it up, but do you think it will recover in the spring? Listen to your show weekly. Um, Dawn in Saskatchewan. Um, you, you can prune a bunch of that dead stuff off. It might leaf out again on the foliage there. In Saskatchewan, you probably a little better chance. Um, feed it with 30-10-10. And also, you want to use a product called Bobex x um, or stucco fence around that because the deer will continue to come in and eat the foliage off. And it's a huge problem like in Saskatchewan and Kelowna. I know at my brother's place, there's so many of the cedars there that have nothing on the bottom five feet of them. So what I would do is use a product called Bobex once a month throughout the winter because they typically don't eat them in the summertime, because there's a lot better, softer, nicer things to eat rather than your cedar. So I would recommend just uh, cut off any of the brown, damaged stuff. Let it refoliate, hopefully, in the spring. But I would use a product 301010. High first number. You want to encourage lots of upper growth. You want to push the growth up top. So hopefully that helps. And if you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open 403 974. 8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Ann. Good morning, Ann.
6: Good morning. I have Hi, an idea. Are, Pardon?
1: I just say, how are you?
6: Oh, I'm fantastic.
1: <laughs> Good. Okay, what's your idea?
6: I have a, a wonderful recycling idea to save our landfill. A friend, okay. a, a friend of mine took an old fridge, took the door and the back off and the, and the shelves, and made it into a, a raised garden. He put three quarters of the bottom filled with rocks and then the rest with soil and he painted the sides black to keep the heat in but you could paint it any color you want but it's an it's a wonderful white idea for a raised garden
1: so he laid it like he'd lay it on its back yes ah okay and actually it would be a good spot to even store some of your bulbs and and stuff like that or if you want to put a light in there early on you could uh, use it a little bit earlier in the season as well.
6: You could. It's just a wonderful idea instead of throwing our fridges into the landfill, you know?
1: Yeah. The nice thing is, though, I'm always amazed that, especially in Canada, we're we're, we're so good at, on a lot of that recycling within our, like, a lot of that stuff all gets stripped, the parts get used, the metal gets recycled. Like We we do do such a good job on that, but I love those kind of things too, like I was saying with the toilet. (laughs) You um, can have a toilet and a fridge out in here. Well, you could, maybe a
6: TV TV too.
1: (laughs) The TV looks cool. I've seen so many nice, um, even terrariums done, like for the old box TVs. It's hard to do with the new ones, right? They're all too thin. But if you have those big old heavy ones, I've seen some fantastic ideas
6: I had a beautiful TV um, cabinet but nobody wanted it so it was so sad and I would love to have done something like that would that would have been wonderful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no it's but some of those old TVs were so heavy though. Yeah. It's amazing like you have a 60 inch TV now and one person can carry it back then you needed four.
6: Oh heavens yes. But I thought this is a really neat idea for a garden. I like that. Garden. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it's a good idea cuz it's insulated too so it's going to hold the the heat. Yeah. And and paint in it black. So, great idea. And it's find the right one. Obviously, you got to strip a lot of the stuff that looks it. And you can also paint it with flowers or yes. put black. And yeah, yeah, great idea.
6: Good. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Hopefully, right. someone takes you up on that.
6: I, heard, I hope so, because everybody listens to you. So, I'm hoping somebody will do it.
1: Awesome! Thank oh, you so much, Anne.
6: Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. All right. And uh, got an update from uh, Dwight. Sent me a picture. He, he grew some lemons, and uh, from seed, and they're a couple inches high almost now. I just love them. this have that dark, shiny leaf, looking great. So, uh, good job on that. Another thing we got in there some um avocado growing kits instead of having to do the toothpicks and stuff we got a kit that holds the avocado seed for you you just hold it just put it on top of a cup so if you want to try some of those different things and uh, um this kind of time if you're making some guacamole for the super bowl and you end up with uh if you have some lemon seeds uh from your drinks and uh Uh, guacamole, uh, avocado pit left over. You can grow some stuff in the next couple of weeks on top of that, uh, all from your your Super Bowl party. Some memories from COVID-2021. I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Sheila. Good morning, Sheila. Yes,
7: good morning. How are you?
1: Good, good. How can I help you? Oh,
7: yes, I have... um... Quite a few saskatoon bushes. I live out on the farm. And uh, the last couple of years, I've had only a handful of berries, and I've got almost 15, 20 plants at least.
3: Okay. And,
7: and, you know, they're about 25 years old, I guess, now, so they've spread out good. And uh, I was just wondering if I know it was frostbite this spring or last spring because my neighbor didn't have very many on Uh, her. That
1: could have been – and I'm just (laughs) trying to think – um, some areas that, but it was actually, for the most part, it was really good um, fruit production for most trees and shrubs last year. So no, I had hardly don't any they,
7: apples, and I had hardly any saskatoons.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. What part of town are you in?
7: Oh, we're not in town. We're way out in the farm, east of Okay. Brooks.
1: Okay. You guys could have had um, some of that late frost that maybe we didn't get in our area. Probably. And that definitely could have made the difference there. So if you do have that late frost, um, unfortunately, that's what – if you're seeing it across the board like that, that would be my guess. So mm-hmm. so this year, if you do want to add some fertilizer or something to them, if, if it's not too big of an area, you can mix in some like 15, 30, 15, or some high middle number fertilizer, and mm-hmm. then do that early. Like just when the ground thaws, give mm-hmm. everything a good watering – and then fertilize with 15, 30, 15. And okay, that will build the phosphate yeah. up and help yeah. push a bunch of blooms out. Yeah.
7: I, and also, I have Nanking cherries and, and they just keep dying off every winter.
1: Okay. If, so, if what I win- would do there, just do a rejuvenation. So, what mm-hmm. you almost need to do is probably start fresh, like take it right down to the ground and mm-hmm. just let it come up fresh. Because if you have a whole bunch of deadwood, what the plant is using all its energy for that. So, oh, yeah, so just take it right wood, down. Yeah. yeah. Just take it right down, like, four to six inches and start fresh.
7: Yeah, because I sure love the bi- the jelly from them. Oh, they're
1: awesome. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah.
7: If you have the weather doesn't get them, the deer get them. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sheila. Okay,
7: thanks very much for your help. Take
1: care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I need to take a break. For the news you're listening to, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
0: A mix of sun and clouds and minus 26 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Courtney Davidson. Canada's top doctor says Canadians can still enjoy today's Super Bowl without making it a COVID-19 super spreader event. Dr. Teresa Tam says people should limit their contacts to their immediate households and connect virtually with others over the big game. WorkSafeBC says inspectors will be dropping into bars, pubs and restaurants in the province to check for compliance with COVID-19 safety plans ahead of the game. Police in Regina have also said officers and health inspectors are spending the day patrolling for rule breakers. A second COVID-19 outbreak has been reported at an Alberta meat processing plant. The outbreak at the Cargill plant in High River was declared on December 16th Alberta Health says there are 11 cases linked to the plant, seven active. Global news, SkyTracker weather, mostly cloudy this afternoon, climbing toward a high of minus 20. Chance flurries this evening with the temperature dropping to minus 27. Feels like minus 36 with the wind chill. And clouds giving away to sun tomorrow and minus 22. It's minus 26. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 11. I'm Courtney Davidson.
1: Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs. Going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Tyler. Good morning, Tyler. Hi, Tyler. No? All right. Let's go to Marge. Hi, Carolyn. Do we got... Hello. ...on the line?
3: Yes. Hello.
1: Hi there. Is this Marge?
3: Yes, it is. Um-
1: Hi, Marge. How- how can I help you?
3: Oh, I have a big gold cedar. I'd like okay. to cut it back. Am I going to okay. turn it into a stick tree?
1: Um, is that you? Just want to you just want to shape it a bit more and reduce well, the size? It's,
3: it's fairly old. Like it's probably 15 feet tall and okay. about eight feet around. And it's either I cut it back or I cut it out type of thing but I kind of would like to keep it if I could but I pruned a juniper one time and that did not go well it turned <laughs> yeah. into Charlie Brown
1: yeah that's the same with the cedar if you try and take too much off at once like you can't reduce them because basically if you if you open up the branches and you sort of look inside it's probably only foliage on the last 6-8 inches of it and yeah. in, in the center t- in the center of it it loses most of its foliage because okay. it's dark and dry and, in there.
3: And it won't regrow
1: so, there. No. Uh, so what you do is if you, if you just want to take a couple inches off, like just to shape it and keep it at that size, <laughs> and
3: you so can do that nicely. I, I would like to take a couple of feet off it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just, unfortunately, if you do that, it, we just don't have the... Yeah, it won't. It'll. Yeah. It, it won't go well. Similar oh, okay. to your juniper, unfortunately. So yeah.
2: Well. I'm so I, I would just if you.
1: Yeah, if you wanted to shape it, that's fine. Yeah. Um But other than that, um, I, I wouldn't recommend going a couple feet in on it. It just it'll never recover and be anything that'll be nice for you. So. Okay.
3: One and, other question. Um, okay. Do. Any of the gardening centers in Central
1: Alberta carry your lawn fertilizer? Um, no, they don't. Um, oh. We we just have it. Uh, I did, I've, I'm I created it and make it exclusively for our store. It, the reason I did is because it wasn't available by all the major fertilizer companies, right? Because um, right. they formulate it for the population areas like Vancouver and Toronto, yeah, and they don't need the phosphate like we do. So I created this fertilizer for our area. Um, how far away are you?
3: Well, I'm southeast of Red Deer, so but yeah. I do have I do have people in Calgary that I can find too. So
1: there you. <laughs> well, that always works. Give them to stop by, grab a few bags, and then you're good for the season.
3: Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Thank you. Take care. Yeah. You as well. Thanks, Marge. Bye. 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 All right, right. where I'm at for time. I'm good. I'm going to go. Did Tyler disappear, Carolyn? Okay, I'm going to go to Diane. Good morning, Diane.
3: Good morning. How are you today?
1: I'm doing good. Get to just look outside the window, staying warm. Looks a little frosty out there, so just uh, enjoying the morning.
6: Same.
7: I put in a number of upright junipers last year i put in skyrocket junipers which i love i'm not a big yep. feeder fan i just don't find they do well here but my skyrockets have done beautiful but this will be my first spring so are there any kind of key things i should be doing because they're not an inexpensive investment so no getting a good start so
1: what, what i would recommend is ensure that you water it well first thing in the spring like just that slow deep watering and okay. i would also fertilize with a 15 30 15 sort of the flowering fertilizer it's you just want to develop the roots for the first year like so just um, this watered in with the fertilizer after you've watered 15 30 15 that'll get the roots going and and still enough to help get the growth going and, and that's the key with the junipers and things as well is just ensure they get that good, slow, deep watering, um, sort of even once a week or every couple of weeks at least where you put the hose by the root ball and let it soak all the way down to the bottom of it because um, then you'll, it'll grow quicker. So many people just rely on their irrigation or a sprinkler and you're only watering the first two or three inches of your soil. And when you planted those, you probably went down twelve to eighteen inches, or depending on how big you started with, could be more. So,
3: yeah, I did actually,
7: and we filled the hole. I did quite a bit of deep watering as well in good. the fall, knowing how dry it gets. And
1: so that's how awesome
5: we
7: clean for the fertile, for the fertilizer. How often did you fertilize?
1: I, I would do it every couple of weeks up until July. Is lots
7: okay?
1: Yeah, okay. every two to three weeks is lots. Give them a good shot, and it just the, the watering is even the most important thing if you can do that or if you have a drip system or just putting the hose out there and move it around. The first year, two, three years, if you can do that a little bit more often, you'll just see such a big difference around your junipers and thing. because then they take hold. And and when you don't water the whole root ball, the, the bottom half of your root ball dies off and you're trying to, so it's trying to support all that foliage up top with only a third of its root ball. So that's the biggest thing that so many people don't, trying to understand is get get that water down nice and deep so
7: okay which is so I think so for the juniper families we assume they want to be dry but they do need to drink kind of a balance
1: yeah and it's with it's with the root ball because you've stuck that thing into the clay right and it's used to supporting itself with that whole root ball and but if you're only using half of it like I said, the other half dies, so then it, it struggles with and that's where we get a lot of winter kill. Winter dieback is when we don't when we don't utilize the whole root ball. And and once you get it watered in and growing into the soil itself, then you're fine. But it's just it's so important for that first year and then the second year just to get that root ball developed and then you can they can withstand they're a little bit more drought tolerant for sure. But it's just just getting it established, making sure that root ball doesn't die get it get it really living really well so then it can uh, continue to support okay. all that foliage up top. Great.
7: Wonderful. Thank you so much.
1: All right. You're very welcome. Thanks, Dan. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. And if you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Okay. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I have a quick text here. says, good morning, Merle. What's with the hydrogen peroxide for plants? She, he, she, I met a man who was buying six bottles of it. And he was saying he replied, he uses it for his plants adding oxygen. Is it recommended? I haven't ever used or really heard of hydrogen peroxide used in the plants per se. The only time I've ever used it is for getting rid of mealybug on the top, dipping a soft cloth or a tube or a q tip into hydrogen peroxide and then rubbing around the, the leaves to get rid of uh, mealy bugs, things like that. If anybody's used the hydrogen peroxide in your soil, maybe give us a shout, share with us the phenomenon of that. But I, I'll be honest, I've never heard of it. And uh, But by all means, always willing to learn and, and to listen. So if they can do that, that would be great. But right now I'm going to go to Diana. Is Diana good, there?
4: Good morning, Merle. Good morning. How are We're all you wintered doing? in here
3: down in Central <laughs> Creek.
4: Um, <Yeah. laughs> boy, oh, brother, it took me three, t- three trips out to do chores because I kept getting cold. Yeah, um, it's
1: cold. Uh, it's definitely a little chilly, so.
4: It's cool. We had it coming. We know we did. I wanted to make a remark to the lady that um, had trouble with Nanking Cherries because she didn't yep. actually say quite where she was. But, you know, no, almost- she
1: said she had a bunch of deadwood in it and stuff like that, so lots of dieback.
4: We just find down in Pincher Creek, now I don't know if it's because of the wind or because it is so dry down here, it's almost impossible to get cherries down here. And I had a beautiful tree in High River. I used to get gallons and gallons of cherries off it every year. And down here, it's almost 99% impossible. So I just thought... I. Sort of leave that with people that, you know, just because it grows sea and high river doesn't necessarily, it sort of depends on where you are. Oh, absolutely. Because I haven't found anybody in this area that can grow a Nanking cherry. Uh, uh, the sour cherries are lovely. The romance cherries are fantastic. They do beautifully here, but Nanking which is weird.
1: really struggle. Which is weird because they're typically more um, um, hardier. You would think the Nanking would be hardier than than the but other that, ones.
4: It's odd, isn't it? It's very yeah. odd. So I just wanted to sort of, you know, sometimes it does depend on where you are because nobody down yeah. here can get a Nanking cherry dip. To- you know,
1: really? Okay. You. That's interesting because in Calgary they do it's phenomenal. Fun. Like they're everywhere. So, oh, yeah. Diana, while I have you on, um, if, if everyone doesn't recognize who you are, uh, it's, oh. it's Diana. And <laughs> she's from Bailey Hill Greenhouses down in uh, in Pincher Creek. And you are the sweet pea queen. I am the so sweet what? pea lady, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we've upgraded you to yet. the queen. I mean, no, yeah, well, we've, we've upgraded <laughs> you <Yeah>. the queen. <laughs> With your with your British with I'm your not, English Oh I uh, can no, do but the you have have,
4: posh. I can I can do Queen's English if called upon.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See there you go, but you you do bring all, most of your sweet pea seeds in from England, don't you not? Or? I
4: do. I do. Yes. And um just because it's so hard to get the old fashioned varieties here. You okay. know this, so the, what... Do-
1: what do you do, and when will you start yours, just to help people here, maybe give us a little crash course?
4: Um, well, the, the first trick is I have had inquiries already, and people want to put them under heat mats and lamps and lights and keep them toasty warm, which, of course, they absolutely hate. Yes. Um, if you are going to start your sweet peas early, like before the end of February, you do need a really cold room and I'm lucky I've got a spare room. I just cut all the heat off there. It's got good light, from the west, but it stays about 10 to 15 degrees. It's a little cooler than that this morning.
1: So, and um, when would you start them if you're, if you're doing them for, not for a business, like for, for your house, for your yard? I like would just- start before
4: the end of February. Like I'll start, I'll put especially um, some seeds that I think may be questionable. I start about February 15th. But okay. for home gardeners, I would think do not start till about March. There's going to be tons of time, and the trick is to keep them cold. Do not be nice to them and put heat under them (laughs) and things. (laughs) And it's quite easy to do, but you do need to keep them cold,
1: reasonably
4: cold. You're not growing a tomato plant.
1: Yeah, and and that's what I was saying. Like I had a gentleman text me in some pictures, and he has his greenhouse, and he's just keeping it at five degrees for the most part overnight. Um, He's got a propane heater sweet peas yeah and he's growing cold like he's growing all his leaf lettuce spinach things like that and same thing they love that if it's too hot they don't like it like they're not going to do well like that's it and
3: okay that's
4: cool
1: it exactly so no I've got spinach up
4: already which of course it doesn't get very far ahead because I'm eating it as it grows but um yeah they, there's some things just really do like to be cool and sweet peas are one but it's quite easy to do
1: Okay. And yeah. so do you soak them first, or do you just uh, put them right no, into the ground? No,
4: I've, I've, um, they've done all kinds of tests at the Sweet Pea um, uh, place in England. And Roger Parsons is a lov- lovely computer site. He's the head of the Sweet Pea Society in England, and he has the world collection. And it, they've done all kinds of tests, and absolutely do not ever soak your sweet peas.
1: You kill more so than you ever. no No soaking. Porn.
4: That's it. No soaking. And yet, you know, all the packets that we buy in North America all say, you know, soak your seeds because they put that on the seed packets for like 75 years and it's never occurred to them not
1: to. Yeah, just because they... (laughs) and and it probably still works like but you really don't need to right
4: you don't need to and very often you kill the seeds off they just of course i did have one customer one year say well i soaked mine for two weeks and they never came up well he was just making compost
3: you know yeah they they
4: just rot yeah yeah they just rotted so um there is always that sort of chance you're going to take. So I think if you really feel the desire to soak them, just do it for a few hours. Okay. I think that would be enough. But if you stick them in a cup of water and leave them for three or four days before you remember them, the chances are they're not probably going to germinate really well.
1: Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Diana. Great to hear from you. And we'll talk to you again soon. Super Merle. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, and I need to take a quick break, and when I get back, we'll finish up the phone calls, and you're listening to "Let's Talk Gardening" on 770 CHQR. Not so. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs. Going to go right to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Al. Good morning, Al.
7: How are you, Emeril?
1: I'm doing good, good. How can I help you out today?
7: Uh, uh, last year, I had uh, at a last-minute thought. I picked up uh, seed potatoes from you, and there was only a couple of packages of these little purple ones. So I was late okay. in the year. When is the best period of time, I guess, to to get a variety of seed potatoes?
1: I would um, typically get them in at the beginning of April-ish. Okay. Um Yeah, and typically we don't get them in much earlier than that. Um, maybe like a little bit, maybe a little bit early in March, but for the most part early, like late March, early April, you're going to have really good selection. They should be lots of varieties still at that time, so.
7: Okay, I can check out which ones I'd be looking for. Now, yeah, the but especially for
1: those for those different varieties, like the purples, and then we also have the banana ones and a few other ones. Those ones always seem to go pretty quick. So,
7: yeah, because I I grew the little purple ones just out as an experiment, and I got oh nice. the marbles marbles out to about egg size, but they did grow. Okay, and yeah. Uh, the thing is, all I had left for soil was the soilless mix in a in a raised bed. Yeah. So, is it better to go with a, more of a uh, like a? Uh, a I would mix, mix it.
1: Yeah, I would. Um, for your potatoes, yes, I would. Um, even mix even if you mix it two thirds garden soil to one third soilless mix, um, is a good mix in a raised bed for that. So
6: and and
7: best fertilizer for those
1: ten fifty two ten or fifteen thirty fifteen the higher middle number anything with the roots because um, you're you're developing your root crops so and just right. ensure you do that good deep watering too make sure you water it thoroughly but not so it's staying wet all the time but just every so often just make sure the water is getting down nice and deep so.
7: Do they like to dry out somewhat in
1: between? Yes. Yeah, they do. They, they, they. they you just don't want to keep it real wet. So let okay. them dry out in between, but then ensure you give it a good soaking when you do water once in a while, especially through that heat. Um, it just will help develop good tubers for you.
7: Okay. Very good.
1: All righty. Thank you. All right. Take care, Al. You
7: too. Bye. All right.
1: Bye. Bye-bye. And I'll take last call of the day. We're going to go to Lee. Good morning, Lee. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh,
6: mean and miserable like
1: always. Ah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm watching the the that uh, one. Uh, what is it? A series called Yellowstone? And there's a oh, couple yeah? of miserable people on there. It's uh, it's good though. But those are always your favorite characters, right? They always have a little heart of gold inside that rough edge. So yeah, it's there's all a good.
6: nugget in there somewhere.
7: Yeah. <laughs>
1: You <laughs> just got to dig a little deeper, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> all right, how can I help you?
6: I had a question I, about poinsettias. Yep. Um, bought one for Christmas, of course, in a little 7-inch yep. pot. And then, put it, uh, and then I read that these things are actually a tree or a shrub and will go, grow quite big. Yes. And, the- uh, and and so I transplanted it into a like a 12- or 14-inch pot, and then everything dropped off it. Yeah,
1: and uh, they'll yeah. they'll typically do that. Like, they kind of time they don't like change. Like they'll get shock. Yeah, um, but chances are it'll probably leaf out again for you.
6: Right. Just don't cool.
1: keep it don't keep it real wet. Like they like to dry out. Okay. So after you after you've transplanted, it, give it the first initial watering, but then let it dry really good in between waterings. Um okay. 'cause Because it is like a cactus, but they can they're like a big tree, like down in Mexico and stuff. Like they're they're a tree, so.
6: So if we keep it in the house we can expect it to grow fairly large then.
1: Oh absolutely. No and all the ones that you find like in the grocery stores and the ones we bring in at Christmas time yeah. like when I was grow- we we used to start them we'd get our cuttings we'd start them in August but then we had to use a growth retardant on them to keep them tighter. So Oh yeah. we yeah so we'd always have to so that way they stay nice and compact. Because if we would let them go, they'd just be tall and langy on us, especially growing in the greenhouse, right? right? So we okay, use a, right, a yeah. we used to use a product called Cycrocell. It was a uh, growth retardant. We'd spray that on them, and then that would keep them at that height, but still bush out. But they wouldn't stretch out on us. So I, I've anyway. always wanted to try and do that with grass. I thought instead of a, a lawn fertilizer, if you get it green. And if I could spray a growth retardant on it and <laughs> and keep it short, where you don't have to yeah. mow it, I kind of thought we Once got the year. best of yeah. all worlds. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
0: all all right, right.
1: Thanks kindly. All right, take care, Lee. Bye bye. Bye for now. All right, thanks for everyone for for joining me on this cool morning. Um, lots going on though, and so if you're looking to get into the gardening, hit your garden centers. And uh, until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.